Well, man, uh, amen. We're, we're so glad that you're here today and so excited about what uh, God is truly doing, um, even in the midst of some of the, the craziness um, of life. And we're glad that you're uh, with us live, or maybe if you're going to be watching this a little bit later. And we really do want to encourage you to share, share this with others. Um, at this point in our journey through these uh, uncharted waters, uh, I think everybody is... Uh, they're handling it differently. I mean, some are, are struggling with fears and anxieties. And then there's some of us that are they're just struggling with, with things like restlessness and boredom. And, and it's just kind of crazy to, to see what's happening. I mean, some people are, are binge-watching Tiger King while, while other people are cleaning their houses. I mean, Brenda and I discovered that, that we, we had saved up uh, 34 years of boxes full of tax papers. So we've already broken one shredder and we're just going to keep going because we got a lot to get rid of. And so I don't know what you're doing to handle all of this, but um, this morning um, the message is really, it kind of came to me through an inspiration of some things that kind of collided uh, uh, last Monday afternoon. I, I was watching a Snapchat of, of our daughter who is trying to corral uh, our, our two grandsons, you know, three and almost two, and she's just kind of pulling her hair out. And then uh, I heard one mother who literally said, I feel like I've been thrown in a cave with wild beasts. I, I mean, we're feeling it for you, moms. Um, we really feel for you, and we're praying for you. And then I was reading, uh, and I came across Psalm chapter 57. And in Psalm chapter 57, at the beginning of the psalm, it has some instructions. And these instructions, before we even get to verse 1, they're actually there in the original text. And listen to what they say. They say this. It says, for the director of music... To the tune of do not destroy, and I, I know some of you are thinking like you just want to destroy something right now, but, but it says do not destroy, and it says of David a miktam, and he says when he had fled from Saul into the cave. And I started to reflect on that and remembering the story, which we're going to talk about this morning. You see, th this message, it, it says this is a, a miktam, and, and a miktam is a prayer or a cry for deliverance in the midst of a crisis. And I was thinking, well, well, well that applies to us right now and where we're at. And while some of us feel stuck in a cave right now, maybe the cave of our own homes, King David had his own life and death experience from inside a cave. And I think that he gives us some insights from this psalm and from his life that can help us as we kind of walk through this time of, of just being confined and feeling like we're in a cave and wondering what's going to happen next or, or, or what do you do when, when things take a sharp turn for the worse? So what do you do when you find yourself um, uh, hiding uh, in a cave? And, and so I think David can, can help us with this. So, so how did David uh, find himself in a cave after all? Well, it started early in Israel's history, uh, right after they really became a nation, after God delivered them from Egypt and after they took the promised land, uh, all of a sudden, they wanted to be like all the rest of the nations, and so they were, they were clamoring to God and they said, God, we want a king. 
And reluctantly, uh, God gave them a king, and he had his prophet Samuel go and anoint a guy named Saul, who was the first king of Israel. Now, Saul started out um, not too bad, but quickly his, his pride and the, the power of kingship um, caused him to, it just overshadows his trust in the Lord, and he found himself being disobedient. And so it tells us in Scripture that, that God rejected Saul uh, as king. And, and so God sends his prophet Samuel to, um, to anoint a young shepherd boy named David to be Israel's next king. Uh, but Saul was still serving. See, meanwhile, Saul and the army of Israel are at a standstill against the Philistine army. And, and the next thing you know, this young shepherd boy, David, he walks into the, onto the battlefield with his slingshot, and, and he kills the giant Goliath, and they're therefore solidifying his place in, in world history. Well, then listen to the words uh, 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 that, are, that we hear in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 18. It says, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet with King Saul singing and dancing. Okay, so there's a big celebration going on. And they're in joyful song, and with timbrels and lyres, they danced and they sang. Now listen to their song. They, they sang this. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. I don't know what the tune was, you know, if it was like, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. I'm, I'm not going to sing anymore for you. We'll leave that to the praise team, but... Saul has slain his thousands. David has sent, now, now, man, this is amazing. This song, this new top ten song is amazing, especially if you're David. But David, I mean, David's stock is up and to the right. I mean, everything is going great for David. Kind of like it was just before this whole coronavirus thing, right? I mean, everything's going great. Stock market's up. Things are going wonderful. I mean, jobs are, are plentiful. All these things are happening. And then all of a sudden, Bam, crisis, right? Now, uh, I think David at this point, he's remembering that God had anointed him to be king and he's wondering, okay, this must be the path, right? This is what's happening. Things are just gonna get better and better. And, and that's great if you're David. But then on the other side, this isn't so great if you're Saul. Uh, and Saul starts to get jealous because he says, oh man, I've only slain thousands. David is tens of thousands of people like David better than me. And so he's having his own little pity party. And while that happens, it tells us that, um, you know, that song, it's, it was kind of for Saul, it was like nails on the chalkboard, just made his skin crawl. And he becomes angry. Go and read the rest of the, uh, the passage. There's a lot of really great stuff in there. But what, what ends up happening is David get, uh, Saul gets angry, and, and, and he's got a spear in his hand, and David is in his home, and it says that David is playing the lyre, right? So David's like, he's playing some music, and Saul's probably thinking like, man, that guy, he even plays the lyre, and he's good looking, and all the girls are going to like him, and they're singing his song, and he killed tens of thousands. And so Saul just, in a moment of rage, Saul takes a spear and actually thinks to himself, I'm going to pin David to the wall. And boom, he throws it, misses David. You know, David eludes him. And then it says that Saul does it again. And David eludes him twice. Then in the next chapter, it happens again, like the same exact situation. And Saul tries to kill David with a spear. And so David then flees for his life. 
Now, there's a whole lot more in there. I hope you'll read the rest of the story in, in 1 Samuel, like start in chapter like 16 and just keep reading. It's some amazing stuff. But And so David just takes off and he goes to hide. And for the next four chapters, and many Bible scholars believe that it's about the next four years, Saul continues to pursue David to try to kill him. And all the while, David, he's, he's hiding in these different places, and he ends up hiding in a cave. And, and David must be thinking to himself at this point, like, is this, really, is this really the path to becoming king? I mean, I thought it was supposed to be different than this. I, I thought things were just going to keep getting better. But, but David finds out that, you know, he, he is being pursued, and, and Saul wants to take his life. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 24... Uh, we find that Saul, he takes 3,000 soldiers and he goes out to search for David. And, and while they're searching, uh, Saul, he, he needs to take a potty break. And so uh, Saul, he goes into a cave uh, to, do his, to take care of business, right? And, and guess who's hiding in the back of the cave? Yeah, David. David and all of his mighty soldiers are like in the back of the cave, right? And, and, and so uh, David's friends uh, who have been with him uh, while David's been on the run, they say to David, hey, didn't God tell you that he was going to give your enemies into your hands? Like, this is the moment. Look what God's doing. I mean, he's right there and he's pretty vulnerable. You could take him out easy right now. And, and so it tells us that, that David snuck up while, while uh, King Saul was, you know, taking care of things, and, uh, and he pulls out his knife, and with one smooth motion, he just cuts off the corner of his robe. And his men are like, what? What are you doing, right? Like, like, you could take his life right now, and you would be king. We wouldn't be in a cave anymore. We'd be in a palace. This would be amazing. And, and so, but it tells us that David feels conscience stricken, even about cutting off the corner of his robe. And he says, who am I to raise my hand against God's anointed? And, and, and so it says that the, as David feels bad about this, um, and his men are trying to taunt him, he, in, in a moment of clarity, David realizes that God, not he, but God is in control. The throne is not his to take, it's God's to give. I mean, his job is not to just take matters into his own hands, but to wait for God to take care of things. The, the reason this season is hard for so many of us, I believe, is because we have become accustomed to being in control of everything. We, we've been in, accustomed to being in control of our lives and our schedules and our money and all those things, rather than having our lives completely surrendered and completely submitted to the control of God, who provides everything for us and who is with us always. And it's from this perspective that, that David writes Psalm 57. And so I want you to join me in Psalm 57 here. And let's, let's hear the words of David as he's in this time of conflict and he's, he's understanding that, that God is in control. While he's been anointed king, he's got to wait for God's timing in all of this. <clears throat> and he says in Psalms 57, starting in verse 1, um, he says, have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. 
I, I will hide, or some translations say take refuge, beneath the shadow of your wings until this danger passes by. I cry out to you, God most high, to God who, who will fulfill his purpose for me. So, so David's looking at this, and, and the first thing is this. He takes refuge in God. Right? He's depending on God. He says, God, you're going to be my ultimate protection. And, and his ultimate protection, he says, um, is in God's presence. And he says that he'll take refuge under the shadow of his wings. And uh, scholars kind of go back and forth. Some believe that it's, a, it's kind of an illustration from like a, a hen in a, in, a, in a farmyard. And the hen's out there and it's got little chicks around. And then the hawk is coming and the hawk looks down and he's looking for some little chicken nuggets. And so then uh, what does the mom do? The mom spreads her wings out and all the little chicks go you know, underneath the wings of the mother hen so that the hawk can't even even see them and therefore protects them. Other scholars believe that this is a, an allusion to the Ark of the Covenant. If you remember the Ark of the Covenant, it's a place where, where God, um, his presence was for his people. Uh, it was this large gold box and on top was these two giant cherubim, these uh, angel-like creatures with their giant wings coming together. And at that place where their wings come together is a place that was called the mercy seat. That was a place where the presence of God was with his people under the wings of those cherubims. And, and so it's this idea that, that in God's presence we have protection. In God's presence we have strength. In God's presence we find our healing. And so, uh, so David is saying, hey, I'm going to take refuge there in God's presence. And, and so the best protection for our fears, for our anxieties, is to spend time in God's presence. And, and we have some time right now. And I want to encourage you to spend that time in God's presence. Be, be in God's word every single day. Uh, be in prayer. Be in God's presence. Uh, I want to encourage you with this. Uh, this has really been helpful for many. It, read a psalm every morning when you wake up and read a psalm every night before you go to bed. And, and, and I guarantee you that, that as you listen to God's word and as you find his presence with you, as you really reflect on that, that he will give you peace. And like David, realize that the danger will pass and and. and, and be assured that the situation before us is no match for the promises that God has made us. I mean, David even says at the end of that section, he says, he says uh, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He knows that he might be in a cave now, but pretty soon he's going to be in a palace because God already promised. God already anointed him to be king, and he can rest assured in that. He can find peace in that, even while he's in the cave. Now, skip down to verse 7 and 8, and, and David says this. He says, my heart is confident in you. My God, my heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn 
with my song. Now, I, I think about how, how many people I would wake up if I was just to start singing. It might not be in a good way, but David's saying, hey, I'm going to wake up in the morning with song. I'm going to realize that God gave me this new day, and I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to sing in praises. And he starts out with saying his heart is confident. People, here, here's a reality. Fear is contagious. Uh, we've seen that happen throughout our, our world right now. But you know what? So is confidence. Confidence is incredibly contagious. And when we display a confidence in the Lord, um, it, can, it can provide assurance for people. And we can point people in the right direction. You know, it's moments like this that, that I really do um, miss my dad being around. I was telling somebody this week that I, I saw him concerned sometimes. I saw him angry once or twice, uh, maybe a few more times. But, um, but what I never saw is I never, I never saw him panic. And I have to tell you that, that having a dad like that, that, that I never saw get panicked in a difficult situation, gave me a, a, an assurance in life. And, and his assurance, his confidence, you know, it, it wasn't just something that he had inside. It, it was God's presence in his life. And, and, and I, I believe that we can be people who, as we carry God's presence, as we have confidence in him, that, uh, that we can do this. And parents especially, parents, your response to this situation and other times of difficulty, they will have a profound impact on your children's faith. So, so parents, here, here it is, rule number one, don't freak out. Point your children to God and the God who is with us through all of this, and, and that will stay with them and strengthen them for the rest of their days. And David sings, no, no wonder I can sing your praises. So the second thing we want to note is this, sing God's, um, praise God daily. Uh, research is proving to us that music is one of the best remedies for anxiety. I read several uh, journal articles this last week, many studies that are telling us that, that singing, that, that praise, that song uh, helps people recover quickly. Um, it, helps, uh, it even helps lessen pain in one University of Utah study. It says that people's pain is lessened when music is introduced. And, and I just think God's given us this incredible gift, and so I want to encourage you um, to, to have plenty of time of praise. Uh, let's not just do that when, when we're worshiping together. Let's, let's have that. I mean, maybe, maybe what you need to do is you, you need to just have some praise music playing in your house. Maybe um, as you're doing things, you can just have that. I mean, that's certainly a better background than the news going on, right? And, and so just have some praise music uh, that's happening. It reminds me of another story in the book of Acts chapter 16 when the apostle Paul and his ministry partner Silas, I mean, these guys get thrown in prison for, um, for, for casting a demon out of a girl because obviously no good deed goes unpunished. So uh, these guys get thrown in jail. And it tells us that at midnight, Right At midnight, these guys are singing and praising God, and then all of a sudden, this God quake happens, you know? I mean, it says it's an earthquake, um, but what's amazing is, is that the, the shackles actually fell off and the doors opened, so I'm going to just call it a God quake, and so God shakes the place, and this happens, and you would think, I mean, my first reaction, if I was in jail and the doors came open and the chains came off, I, I'd be thinking, run, everybody run, but they didn't. 
because of their confidence in God, they stood there and they waited until the guard came so that they could share the good news of Jesus with this guard. I mean, what incredible confidence these guys had in the Lord. And that night, they end up going to this guard's house and the whole family accepts Jesus and they're all baptized. I mean, great things can happen when we praise God. There is power in praise, people. I'm telling you, we just need to live lives of praise. So get some music, have some praise music around. If you go to our church website, and you go to this tab that says media, and you just start to scroll down. You'll see the messages and things like that. Keep scrolling down. You'll find a place that says our music, and it is filled with stuff. And I know our praise team has been working on some things that are going to be coming out to you soon. Take those things as resources. Let those praises just reverberate through the walls of your home. Find things that you can do and ways you can sing and praise God together. Maybe, maybe it's just have a chart somewhere in your home and just keep writing all the things you praise God for and let's demonstrate that together and with that building our confidence we'll be able to share Jesus with our neighbors and and now kind of uh, to wrap up let's skip down to verse 9 and verse 9 it says I will thank you Lord among the people I will sing your praises among all the nations for your unfailing love is as high as the heavens your faithfulness reaches to the clouds be exalted O God above the highest heavens may your glory shine over all the earth you see during this difficult time of David's life while he's in a cave he writes these words and he points others to God and see, that's really what we can do here during this time, is we can, we can celebrate God, we can practice his presence, we can sing his praises, and we can take refuge in him, and we can point others to God. I mean, David is using this cave-dwelling experience not to just promote his own agenda, but to, to point to God's perfect plan. He is showing others by his actions that the one who lives in us is bigger than the situation around us. And no matter what our situation, we can take refuge in God's strength, that we can praise him and point people in God's direction. God's plans and his promises, people, are good. And God, this storm will pass and we can use this time for growth and, and time to grow in our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you're there this morning and and you want that confidence, if you need that hope, if you need that peace, and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I just wanna encourage you to to jump online, fill out a comment card or a prayer request, and let us know. We'll contact you because we we wanna help you take next steps into making Jesus Christ Lord of your life. More than anything else right now in your life, that is what you need. That is where we will find hope. That's where we will find peace. And so I want to just encourage you to reach out to us. Uh, We will respond to you uh, this week. Uh, We just want you to know that that God is with us and he is for us and and God has good things in store for us. Now, uh, in in communion, uh, which we're going to move to in just a minute, so you might want to start getting those uh, elements ready. In, In communion, we remember that Jesus gave his life for us, that, that, that his death wiped our sin debt out, and, and his resurrection defeated death so that we could, we could live with confidence and we could live without fear. And, and like we said last week, uh, this truth, 
this truth, this, this practice of the Lord's Supper, it, it unites us. So once again this morning, we want to we wanna take this together. So I want to give you just a moment to, to get your communion elements together. I'm going to walk over here and grab some myself. Um, And so this morning, as we, as we do this, we want you to, um, to take the bread. And uh, this bread represents uh, the, the body of Jesus Christ that was, that was broken for us. So we want to take some time and, and reflect on that. And let's, let's take the bread together. And now the cup. Whatever you're using this morning, let's remember that this cup, it represents the blood that Jesus shed to wash away our sins. I mean, the sins of everyone who believes in Jesus Christ are completely wiped away by the blood of Jesus. And so we want to remember that and, and let's, take, let's take the cup together. Now, folks, let's take just a minute and pray and remember what God has done for us. And let's remember this morning that, that God is with us. His presence fills the earth. Let, let's remember to take refuge in him. Let's remember to praise him together. Let's remember to point others to Jesus because he is a good father. And we can raise a hallelujah because he is our Lord. He is our God. We take refuge in him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today for a time to worship together. Father, we, we realize, Lord, that you are with us no matter where you are, we are. And we thank you, Father, for the grace that you have given to us. And Father, we want to thank you. Father, thanks for the technology that helps us do this. Father, thanks for the people that are working so hard to make it work. Father, thanks for the people who are watching out for us. Help us, to, help us Father, to work together and to love one another. Uh, Father, help us to find ways today to serve our neighbors. Help us find ways to sing your praises. Father, help us to take advantage of this time. And in the difficulty, Father, let us find the joy and let us help our faith grow. We love you, Father. We praise you. And we thank you in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And all God's people said, amen and hallelujah.